0: Paid ad from Spot Pet Insurance. Waiting periods, annual deductible, co-insurance, benefit limits, and exclusions may apply. For all terms, visit spotpetins.com/sample-policy. Insurance plans are underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company, and produced by Spot Pet Insurance Services LLC. Hi guys, I'm Emma, and I'm Julie, and welcome back to another episode. you, Joel. I am like a little Sunday night Pete Amrata courtside Knicks game content?
1: Doesn't it feel like the perfect first public appearance for them?
0: It feels very fitting and also very intentional. Like you're not sitting courtside a Knicks game unless you're really trying to be seen.
1: It's very reminiscent of Pete and Kate Beckinsale at the Rangers game when we got the first public photos of them.
0: <laughs> we have so much content of this man with various famous women.
1: It is absolutely incredible.
0: One thing this has that some of the others don't is that this public appearance is them sandwiched in between Ben Stiller and Jordan Sparks, which seemed like the two most random, yet somehow the two most fitting people to be on either end of them.
1: So incredibly random. And I promise you the presence of both of them being there is not lost on me at all.
0: I will tell you, I had two friends that were at the game who were both live texting me separately, and they both individually said, take this with a grain of salt, that Rada was apparently looking at Pete the entire time, seemingly very infatuated with him. So just a little tidbit I'd like to enter into the conversation.
1: We never have like on the ground reporting eyewitness testimony. Like what a nice thing to add to this podcast. Well- I feel
0: like on paper, the general response is kind of like, wow, this guy just does it again. But to me, I almost feel from where we sit that she's the one that's more taken by this whole thing. Not necessarily in terms of her feelings on him. I I clearly can't speak to that, but I think she is loving this kind of pop culture moment. Like I very much think she's enjoying almost the spectacle of this whole thing. Very similar to how I feel about her TikTok presence. Like I was saying last week, I think she is on board with where she is currently sitting in pop culture and she's running with it, which like more
1: power to her. I cannot blame her for that. It's exactly how I feel also going off of what you were saying about her TikTok presence. It's exactly how I feel about her friendship with Julia Fox. Like I think it is just such an understanding of where, Almost the characters in her life and she herself fit into this pop culture landscape.
0: Something we constantly discuss is how the internet is very much on board, very interested until they're not. And so right now, I feel like she's kind of in an interesting spot because of course she's been famous for a while now, but there's this very specific like social media internet relevance she has, which is partially the post-divorce era, partially the Pete of it all, partially her TikTok presence, all of that, that like, She's riding this wave and I just wonder where it goes from here. That's all.
1: I think that when we think of things, we oftentimes think of them in that internet model of like peak obsession and then like complete opposite direction where it then turns to hate. I also think there's a middle ground where the public interest kind of drops and then just plateaus. I was thinking about that specifically actually with J-Lo and Ben because I was watching J-Lo's Zane Lowe interview today and I was thinking like, when they had first gotten together, we could not get enough. And now she does the like, she does the damn thing. They get married. We had the wedding. Now she's giving us an interview where she's talking kind of about that process of them getting back together and all of her feelings about him being the love of her life. And it's almost like the public interest just isn't there anymore. Like, I feel like we've seen so little about that interview when I was watching it. And I was like, wow, two years ago or so, we would have gone fucking crazy for this.
0: Right. Well, even when she says in the interview that he had her engagement ring engraved with not, period, going, period, anywhere, because that's what he kind of started to say to her last year when they reunited. And it's like, that is the shit we would have died for a few months ago. And not to say I'm not super interested in it. Of course I am. But generally, it doesn't seem like the world is
1: taken by that. No. And I, as I heard her say that in the interview, I was like, well, oh, I cannot believe more people aren't talking about that. But I guess the thing with JLo and Ben is that there's kind of two questions that people want answered that we haven't fully gotten. One of them we haven't fully gotten, one of them we haven't gotten at all. The one we haven't fully gotten is how exactly did you get back together? Like we understand the emails, we understand the timeline, but like really, like who reached out to who? What exactly was said? What exactly went down in, you know, those first couple of months? The thing that we haven't gotten at all from her is what happened with A-Rod?
0: I know, and that is honestly the part that I feel less confident in ever getting. Like, I genuinely believe the way that she completely strategically removed him from her documentary is the way that she almost wishes she could remove him from the public's view.
1: I mean, listen, the breakup with A-Rod is a huge part of the JLo Ben story. I mean, it happened so soon after she was literally engaged to him. That was such a present part of our lives for years. And it just ended one day and then disappeared. And so it's so interesting to me to talk about this new love with Ben, this new renewed love with Ben and her marriage and how happy she is without at all touching upon even if she doesn't want to name it by name even if she doesn't want to fully get into it but without at all touching upon what went down literally a month before if not a couple weeks before
0: i'm i know and it's a very very strategic decision to not do so i I swear i think that it's like she's almost taken on this role like if we just gaslight them enough they'll
1: think that they dreamt it and sometimes i feel like i do like They were not just dating. I feel like sometimes she feels like she wants to play it off that way. Like they were kind of just dating. They were fully engaged, living together. And also like we as the public were really invested in that couple. We were following the blending of their families and the way A-Rod was at shows. And of course we know that it ended because of him and the Madison LaCroix thing. And so we know kind of the details as they were presented to the public. But we have no idea what the fuck went on behind closed doors. No.
0: And I honestly, as much as selfishly, I want to know everything. I can hand it to JLo to be like, you know what? This was clearly a lapse in my judgment. It ended in a way that was embarrassing for him and by association for me. And I'm just going to very intentionally choose to not acknowledge it. And it's like, I want to know every detail, but also fair.
1: Right. It has very similar energy to Courtney and Travis, where it's like, this is our fairy tale. This is what we're living in. This is the only story you're going to get. And no matter how involved you were with the previous, we're not even going to give you the validation of touching on it.
0: (laughs) Right. Honestly, strange, but true parallel. Right? Yeah, very much so. I mean, I almost feel that we have a better likelihood of getting it from A-Rod because – in theory, if you're just hearing the story and you knew nothing about it, you would think that he's the one that never wants to speak on it because how did he fumble Jennifer Lopez from like the most lowbrow kind of alleged cheating scandal? But
1: honestly, I think that he's still riding the high of the j engagement. Like I think he will ride that high for the rest of his life. Oh, I think he will too. I don't think he'll ever speak on it. I think that that's not true. I don't think he'll ever speak on it in any sort of a serious way. I think that he, over the years, will make comments about it. I think that he'll acknowledge the fact that they dated and that they were engaged and that they had this life together in a way that J-Lo isn't going to. But you'll never get his feelings, his behind the scenes, his point of view, which I'm not equally as interested in it because he's kind of the villain in the story. But I am definitely intrigued by it.
0: I'm only intrigued based on what they had presented to us when things were, quote, great. That's all. If we never knew anything about it, I would never expect to get anything one way or another. But it was a very conscious public involvement. They were doing the whole, like, shared Instagram post.
1: I also want to hear it
0: from Ben's perspective. Honestly, after listening to Ben's Howard Stern interview last year, whenever it was, I specifically want to hear it from him because even as much of a veteran in this industry that he is, he still has a real rawness in the way that he talks about things. Like he is very deeply unpolished for someone whose name would lead you to believe they are very polished. And I can really, really appreciate that because everyone else in this story has a very curated image being put out and he is really the opposite of that in some ways
1: it's funny though because the name is the only thing about ben affleck that would lead you to believe he would have anything resembling polished his presence in terms of the photos that we get of him his presence in terms of the scandals that have um accompanied him over the years. The way that we view him as a celebrity is anything but polished. So it doesn't surprise me at all that in terms of interviews, he doesn't come across that way. But I agree in terms of the name that accompanies the celebrity somebody of that magnitude and that level of fame, you would expect that a little bit more from him.
0: Right. So then let me ask you a question because as we know, Ben Affleck currently does not have an Instagram presence. He had one for a little while when he was dating Anna de Armas. Never forget when we posted his comment asking for, for photo credit on her post and we fucking lost it because that was the first like real official confirmation. But don't you think that there's very much a world in which the next year or so, J-Lo convinces him to get on Instagram, aside from any sort of movie promotion he could do for himself, because that is integral to living out the full extent of her fairy tale.
1: I think if anything, she'll try to get him on, on the J-Lo on his own newsletter. But uh, I don't know. I, I feel like... I feel like part of the fairy tale for her is that like they're not so on Instagram. Like I feel like part of the fairy tale is that she gets to pick and choose what she wants to share and deliver it really in her own medium and he's kind of more behind the scenes. I feel like that's how she's liking things right now. I don't know. I don't I don't necessarily see him joining Instagram for anything that has to do with her. I see him making an Instagram comeback if it has to do with a project that he's working on.
0: I really go back and forth on it. Like I could be convinced in either direction because to your point, yes, I absolutely think there is a part of JLo that probably loves the fact that Ben is almost the anti-A-Rod in terms of the way that he uses or does not use social media. Like she knows 100% of the time she's going to be the first one to post something about them. Whereas with A-Rod, like maybe they're fighting to see who gets to put it up first At the same time, I think there is probably a part of her that not seeks the validation, but wants him to also be posting about their love story in a way that almost makes it even more grand. And I I could honestly be convinced in either direction, depending on the day.
1: So one of my takeaways from the Zane Lowe interview was that I think JLo really likes presenting Ben Affleck to us as she sees him. Like, I think that... And it's not a place of like controlling the narrative. I just think that like she views him in such high regard and in almost such a perfect light that she wants us to view him that exact same way based on the words that she's telling us about him rather than like anything he's putting out himself, which kind of goes back to that not being so polished of a figure. And throughout the interview, J-Lo speaks a lot about what he thinks of her music, his encouragement of her, you know, working on projects, what he thinks of her old music, thought of her music during the time versus now. Like a lot of it was information that she was presenting about their relationship from him being the supportive husband. And I think that's also why she likes delivering us her view of him via the On the JLo newsletter because she gets to write these long, meaningful captions about him and their relationship and their wedding and spending Thanksgiving together. And so I think that, in keeping with that theme, not that she wouldn't want him on Instagram, but I think that she's not overwhelmingly pushing the idea because she gets to then continue presenting him to the public as she sees him.
0: Right, which I think is a really fair point, especially because he is not someone that the public is just now learning about. There is already a fully formed kind of perception of him. So if I'm her, yeah, I probably do find a lot of power in being able to present him and our relationship. In solely the way that I want it, and like what to me is the most authentic view of him and to us. I'll also say that another check in the box in terms of her maybe actually liking his lack of social presence is the fact that I have to imagine part of her really enjoying publicizing it so much with A Rod was even subconsciously seeking some level of validation from the quote fans that she wasn't getting from herself, meaning. The way she talks about Ben now, clearly something in the back of her head knew that it wasn't A-Rod all along. And so how do you get yourself to be convinced that it is by seeing the outpouring of support? When you are so 100% sure as the way that she describes it to be, you need that a lot less. And I think that no matter who you are, whether you're J-Lo, whether you're Kim Kardashian,
1: on some level, that is applicable to you. Yeah. I mean, I think so. And I think like the most perfect example of that is the way the internet would react to A-Rod filming her at any performance that she was giving because we ate that shit up. And I think that she probably fed off of that as well. But I will say that the exact conversation that you and I had over and over again, that I think we all had over and over again, which was like, wow, maybe this narrative with JLo was that it really was Ben this whole time and she just couldn't get it right. And in the back of her mind, she always knew that. I don't know how actually true that is. But in this interview, she does make it clear that that's her way of viewing things as well, that all of the heartbreak that she went through and the fact that she just kept being in these relationships that she seemingly couldn't get right is all a result of the fact that like, she was left heartbroken 20 years ago when she says that he called off the wedding. And it has all just been a journey to rectifying that situation. And now she feels like she is finally there. Again, I don't know if that's the romantic fairy tale spin that you can put on a relationship like this. But exactly what we were saying this whole time is really what she's saying as well. (laughs)
0: Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting auraframes.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable, Like, I'm never going to be an everyday bra wear. It's not in the cars for me, but when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard Skims fan since day one. I'm a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because you guys know the way I feel about the fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra. It's just so comfortable. I don't know. The straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes. But here to confirm, the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 38 through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. So the next thing that we want to talk about is everything that has been going on with Balenciaga this last week. And before we get into it, I want to give a trigger warning for the sexualization of children. Honestly, this entire thing is deeply disturbing. So I fully understand if that's not something you feel comfortable listening to. I'm going to be totally honest. I don't even feel that comfortable discussing it, but it's important enough that we do so. So basically, in the last week, Balenciaga came under fire for two separate campaigns, both of which were deeply problematic. The first was for their kids line, and it was photos of kids cuddling these teddy bears that were dressed in bondage gear. The second was a separate photo shoot for their spring 2023 campaign, and in the photos, which was kind of like this office setting, there was a binder labeled from a Supreme Court case, which was the United States versus Williams, which was a ruling that upheld the constitutionality of a child pornography conviction, and also papers scattered around on this photo shoot that were from that same case, which if you saw these images, I'm sure you had the same reaction we did of just like overwhelming disgust. So we'll get into the celebrity involvement aspect of it all in a second, but Just in terms of Balenciaga's reply, they, of course, come out apologizing for both, almost in two separate statements. The first regarding the teddy bears basically saying, you know, that was their responsibility and their responsibility alone, and it was kind of an oversight. And then the second, yes, taking responsibility, but really more so blaming it on the production company that they had hired to do that office shoot. And they announced that they would be filing a $25 million lawsuit against that production company, which to me... I'm sorry. The term oversight is reserved for very specific instances, and this is simply not one of them.
1: No, not at all. And no part of me can understand how this just so-called oversight happened. I mean, we know the way that operations like Balenciaga work. When you have a campaign like this, it goes through multiple rounds of approval, multiple people on set, multiple people okaying the ideas and the creative and the shots afterwards. So the fact that this made it from idea to production is, is in no way an oversight. I don't know what it is. I don't know what to classify it as other than just disgusting, but it's certainly not as simple as an oversight.
0: I will also say, because I think it's important to mention, there is a lot more that people are reporting on this. Some things that can maybe be categorized as conspiracy theories, some that are quotes maybe Demna has said, taken and analyzed a little bit more. I will put a link there if that's something that you're interested in. I Honestly, it's too disturbing for me to fully immerse myself. Like Not doing so is very much a choice. But there are also a lot of those conversations happening, and I don't want to not acknowledge that. I just want to say like, That's not something that either of us feel comfortable delving in on. The the whole thing is very, very disturbing. But yeah, listen, generally speaking, do things happen? Absolutely. This is just not one of those cases. I'm sorry. Even if you want to remove the office documents for a second, in what world is putting little children holding teddy bears with bondage even remotely a passable or acceptable idea? It's very sick. It's very uncomfortable. I really... This, was, this is not just like a, a little minor scandal that is then blown out of proportion by an audience. This is like something deeply flawed is going on and needs to be handled immediately.
1: Oh, absolutely. And any reaction that anybody had to this and the disgust that they had to this and the upset that they had at this is so completely valid and warranted because I think, like you said, this was exactly a situation that completely warranted that level of response and and I also additionally understand people calling upon the celebrities that work with Balenciaga to make a statement about the situation and clarify where they stand on this because I do think that this situation was that big of a deal
0: yeah no this is not something that you can just get away with maybe not saying anything like Let me just read Kim's statement. She says, I've been quiet for the past few days, not because I haven't been disgusted and outraged by the recent Balenciaga campaigns, but because I wanted an opportunity to speak to their team to understand for myself how this could have happened. As a mother of four, I've been shaken by the disturbing images. The safety of children must be held with the highest regard and any attempts to normalize child abuse of any kind should have no place in our society, period. I appreciate Balenciaga's removal of the campaigns and apology. In speaking with them, I believe they understand the seriousness of the issue and will take the necessary measures for this to never happen again. As for my future with Balenciaga, I'm currently reevaluating my relationship with the brand, basing it off their willingness to accept accountability for something that should have never happened to begin with, and the actions I'm expecting to see from them to protect children. I have to imagine that she and the other celebrities involved with them were equally as shaken as the
1: public. Oh, I absolutely think so. I think what was even additionally more interesting about this whole thing, especially involving Kim and her response to it, is that it was completely contrasted with the season finale of the Kardashians, which centered around Kim walking in the Balenciaga show during Paris Couture Fashion Week and her expressing her kind of disbelief in the fact that she's working with a fashion house like Balenciaga and how it Was such a natural fit for her, but at the same time, such a big deal for her to be taken seriously in the fashion world. And so to have that episode premiere contrasted with her saying that she doesn't know what her future with Balenciaga is going to be, I think also caused additional attention to be paid there.
0: Well, I mean, the timing of this, you couldn't write it. Like, What are the odds that the episode comes out where she is in pure you know disbelief at even this opportunity and just expressing constant admiration to Demi and the entire brand and then this breaks it's she would have had to say something regardless on un, uh, undoubtedly but it was even i think more additional pressure just at the timing of these two things because if you didn't know when this was filmed and if you're just seeing clips of this circulating at the same time that you're seeing these headlines it's a, obviously a very bad look and i think she was probably eager to say something i just i don't know how what happens from here i don't know what the future of their brand looks like i don't know what the internal reorganization is going to be necessary to really make sure this never ever happens again but something has to happen cuz like this this wasn't an over exaggeration this was a really big deal
1: yeah making sure it never happens again and also holding the people who allowed it to happen completely accountable for that
0: The place to find a place. Okay, this next story, which I don't even know if I can call a story, but I just have to say it out loud because it is circulating. Have you guys seen these reports about Sean Mendez apparently dating his chiropractor who is 26 years his senior?
1: I have. I've seen it circulating on Twitter. I don't think I've seen it anywhere mainstream, except maybe like one post on Dumois about it, but Twitter seems to be really running with this narrative.
0: Okay. So this woman is named Dr. Jocelyn Miranda. She is a chiropractor to many celebrities. If you go to her Instagram, like she's constantly posting with her celebrity clients, mainly Haley and Justin, but many. And there have been these photos of her and Sean kind of walking arms around each other, seemingly affectionate. To me, there is just no fucking way. I think from what we've seen of Sean Mendes, he seems to be a very affectionate person physically. And so maybe that's just manifesting. I just, this wasn't a headline that I guess I was expecting to see. It wasn't on my bingo card.
1: The thing is, if you stalk her Instagram with which I'm doing right now, she seems to have a very, very close relationship with her celebrity clients, almost more like a friendship, specifically if you see with the Bieber, she's very close friends with them. And so if this relationship with Sean is just kind of a further continuation of what it looks like most of her friendships and relationships with celebrities are, I wouldn't be surprised by that. I mean, her most recent post is a picture of her, Omer Apollo and Sean from October 5th.
0: Right. Which honestly, how often do we see this? Like, Maybe it's not most of the time the chiropractor, but I'm viewing this the same way that we would view a glam squad with people, specifically very, very famous people. Once they have that inner circle, even of people that work for them, that kind of becomes their crew. And I think that line of professional versus friendship is oftentimes very, very blurred. So to me, I guess I'm just throwing this kind of in that
1: category. I mean, to me, dating a chiropractor might be the smartest thing you can do. Like you have somebody literally there 24-7 that can just crack your back or neck whenever you need. I mean, maybe it's just me and you specific, but that feels like the dream.
0: Right. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. If I was dating a chiropractor, it would seriously put my foam roller out of a job.
1: No, I don't think so. I think you're I think it would just be an accessory to the relationship.
0: <laughs> I do think from a more zoomed out lens, like even if we want to disregard this actual story, the general concept of celebrities becoming very close to the people that work for them and then those people becoming some of their closest friends to me is a very fascinating concept because as much as those relationships are entirely authentic, there is still always an inherent power dynamic that can never be escaped from. And I wonder how that feels, not really from the celebrity perspective, but more so from the assistant or the hairstylist or what that looks like, you know, or is it just, there's this overwhelming amount of gratitude for being put in this position and being able to have the access to these opportunities that that power dynamic is not at the forefront of these people's minds. I don't know, but I just think it's something that never fully goes away, no matter how close the bond is.
1: I'm curious about that as well, but I think that also it extends to like any celebrity friendship where the other friend isn't either nearly as famous or isn't famous at all. Because I think that inherently there's always going to be that power dynamic, whether it exists because of fame versus not fame or fame versus attempted fame or fame and, you know, part of the team and technically on the payroll. It's like, I don't know if you can be a celebrity and have a friendship with somebody who isn't equal levels of fame without there being some sort of inherent power dynamic there.
0: Well, I think that if you're somebody who is a real A-lister and your quote non-famous friends or people that have been with you since day one, to me that feels like far more feasible for that relationship to exist without that overwhelming power dynamic. I am far more interested in the People that are on these people's payrolls, yet are still spending time with them at times voluntarily, not because they're on a retainer or not because they have a job to do, just because Ariel's coming over to Kylie's house for dinner because that's maybe what they do together often. You know, it's like once that line is blurred, I think if you ask any of the people that are on these teams, that have become friends, 10 out of 10 times they would say they're happy to do it and it's like worth it and they don't feel less than. I I just think as like an onlooker, it's a relationship worth analyzing. That's all.
1: Oh, it's definitely interesting. I think for the most part, especially with like the main players that you see, like akilian and Ariel. I think it's just become so part of the norm for them. I mean, even like when you look at, for example, Kylie's group of friends, I think people were really curious about that when it came to Kylie and Jordan, especially when it came to them in terms of the codependency in their relationship. I think that there's a lot of relationships like that, but I think that we're so much more aware of that because it seems to be really at the forefront of Kardashian relationships.
0: Well, honestly, if we're just talking about analyzing celebrity friendships, forgetting about people that may or may not be on their payroll, I'm solely talking about friendships with a person who is not equally as famous. To me, there is no more interesting example than Kylie. Not even with a specific person, just in general, the way that she seems to conduct her relationships and how it does feel like there is always kind of one main person. Yes, she has a very robust friend group. I think she has really Positive and healthy relationships clearly with people around her family aside but like it does seem like she has almost that hyper fixation thing where it appears I don't know if it is but appears to us as the public as a, a real codependence
1: yeah I don't I don't know like I think that when you're Kylie's friend, you're always competing for that number one spot again it goes into the power dynamic and again it's not necessarily a on the payroll thing. I think actually with Kylie's friendship, it's much less about on the payroll and much more about like who's in that number one spot at the moment. I think lately, for example, you've seen it switch between like Stas and Arielle. And so I think that what you're exhibiting is not necessarily, see now we're like really analyzing from afar because we don't actually know the ins and outs. But I think that what you're analyzing in terms of her friendship is who is in that number one spot right now. It's much less, I feel like, about the codependency of it and much more of like, okay, who's Kylie's number one today? And I feel like over the years in terms of Kylie's friendship, that has become the coveted spot. And I think that Kylie conducts her friendships in a way where Even if you're not in the number one spot that day or that week or that month, you still reap a lot of the benefits of being a very close or best friend of hers. You get the trips, the parties, the gifts, whatever it may be. But I do think that it almost feels like from an outsider perspective, that is constantly a spot that you want to be in. That is constantly a spot worth fighting for is being her number one.
0: Okay, and the question to me honestly isn't even about the closeness of the relationships. Like, I genuinely think that Kylie has a lot of authentically close friendships. It's more so if we as the public are saying that it feels like there's a quote, friend of the month or friend of the moment, whether or not that's true, the person that she is seemingly spending that much time with and publicizing that much time with, I am curious, like, is that chosen based on availability? Meaning, not to say Stas isn't always her number one best friend, I think that she is, but is the person that she is spending the most amount of time with, thus giving us as the public the feeling that they are the closest, decided based on who is the most available and can kind of get on her plants at the drop of a hat? Because that's always been my perception of it.
1: I think that's exactly what it is. And I think that One of the reasons that we're really interested in Kylie's friend group is because it also exists without her, which we're not used to seeing. Like, we're not used to knowing those celebrity friend groups without the main character. I think Kylie's friend group operates in in a way that is very online, very relevant, very TikTok and Instagram specific, and therefore we can follow it very closely. But I think what we've seen is that Kylie's friend group almost has – an entirely different dynamic without her. And it works equally with her and without her. And so, yeah, my guess is that whoever is the friend, quote, of the moment and the person who's the closest to her is probably because they are the most available to her. And listen, it was interesting when Scott and Sophia were dating because it's not that Sophia was necessarily the number one. It's not like Sophia bumped Stoss out of the order but Sophia was very, very relevant because she seemed to be there most of the time. She was always with Scott. Therefore, she was always with the family. And therefore, she was always with Kylie. And so, yeah, my, my guess is that whoever appears to be in that ch- chosen position is truly there because their schedule is as synced up with Kylie's or revolves around Kylie as much as possible.
0: Right. That's kind of the feeling that I get also, which if you hear that, it, it definitely doesn't have the most. Positive tone to it because I think, like we were talking about earlier, it just reeks of this power dynamic. But I am telling you, I think that if you ask any of those people, 10 out of 10 times they are going to say it is so entirely worth it. Like, I think those opportunities, whether working for her, being in association with her, whatever it is, are so life changing that, like, they are not bothered by that perception.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either.
0: Well, if you really, really zoom out for a second, just follow me here because I know it may feel like I'm going a little bit off the rails. I so vividly remember being in college and consciously thinking like, this is the last time we are all going to live so close to one another. Even if we all end up in the city, like the ability to not have to make a plan and to just be able to hang out because you are living together. So naturally you are hanging out or you're living in such a close vicinity. That is so powerful. And not to say that friendships cannot be maintained long distance. Of course they can. I think some of the strongest friendships are are long distance, but there is something to be said for just like the constant availability. And you and I always talk about this. like. The fact that our work schedules are exactly aligned and we are constantly having the ability to hang out because we quite literally have to, that has been the thing that has, I think, like enhanced our bond tenfold. You know, just like the constant availability to one another because we literally do the same thing. And there's a real comfort that arises from that.
1: Right. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the hardest parts about getting older with your friendships is the ability to maintain friendships in spite of that because obviously the way you and I operate is never going to be the way that we're able to operate with the other people in our lives except for Isabel because it just is never going to sync up schedule wise like that everybody has so much going on everybody has so many different things going on but I think that as you get older something that kind of separates the boys from the men in terms of their ability to maintain relationships is the ability to stay close and stay in contact or pick up right where you know things left off despite not seeing each other every second of the day like you were kind of used to growing up and i think that's a really difficult thing to navigate as you get older it's such
0: a difficult thing that's why i'm saying like <laughs> as much as from an outside lens kylie's relationships feel inherently unfair because of this glaring power dynamic at the same time Doesn't everyone kind of wish that their favorite people in the world could just be on the same schedule as them? (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you look at it with a a less cynical lens, it's like, yes, of course, this is never going to be even, but like, how fun for everyone to just be able to constantly hang out. We always say that is the thing we are absolutely hands down the most grateful for.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. When you put it that way, the Ariel Kylie thing makes not only perfect sense, but I think a lot of people would be envious of that fact. So yeah, I think you're 100% correct in, in that regard. Can I bring up a celebrity relationship that's not a friendship, but one that we do not talk about enough? Of course. Can you believe that John Mulaney and Olivia Munn are still together?
0: No. And every time I'm reminded of it by something that she posts and then comes up in my feed, I'm like equally as surprised.
1: I just saw both of them post for their son, Malcolm's first birthday. And I just, first of all, cannot believe that it's been over a year since we found out that they were having a baby. Cause that seemed like a really crazy thing at the time. And it was, I just cannot believe that they are still together. I mean, I'm so happy for them and power to them for even at this point, proving everybody wrong, even if they broke up tomorrow, I think they would, we would still say that they proved everybody wrong. But wow, I always, always forget about them and then get re-reminded. And I'm equally, I think, I don't know why, but just equally as surprised each time.
0: Well, I think because at the time when he had initially announced that they were having a baby, of course, people were so happy for him and for them. But also there was this very real feeling of like, he is still in the very early stages of his sobriety. And, and something we've always learned is that in that first year, you know, there are some things you maybe don't want to do. And it seemed like he was going in direct opposition to that. So of course you never want to tell another person how to live their life, but like while celebrating this very exciting news, you're just going to acknowledge the things that maybe feel potentially concerning. And then like a year later, they seem to be going really strong. So yeah, I'm I'm happy for them, but it it definitely was not a relationship we saw coming. And I think we still see coming. I am so excited to share this twisted new series with you from the mind of tim burton comes wednesday adams only on netflix and first of all this is not a remake or reboot of previous adams family projects it's really a new chapter in the story of wednesday adams so it's a show about wednesday specifically exploring her journey into adulthood And it's kind of this supernaturally infused mystery that charts Wednesday's year as a student at Nevermore Academy, where she attempts to both master her emerging psychic ability, thwart a monstrous killing spree that has terrorized the local town, and then also solve the murder mystery that embroiled her parents 25 years ago, all while navigating her new and very tangled relationships at Nevermore. So, just as a side note, Nevermore Academy is kind of the backdrop for this story. It's this very unique boarding school. Some notable alumni are Edgar Allan Poe and Morticia Adams, just to name a few. And the show really does have incredible talent that will play iconic characters. Just to name a few, Jenna Ortega as Wednesday, Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia, Louis Guzman as Gomez, Fred Armisen as Uncle Fester, Christina Ricci as a teacher at Nevermore Academy, and so many more. Watch Wednesday, a twisted new series from the mind of Tim Burton, out now, only on Netflix. Can I tell you something else while we're on the topic of just like bringing up random celebrity things? I would love that. When we posted that clip on our story last week from the 2005 MTV Movie Awards where Rachel McAdams and Ryan Gosling won for Best Kiss, which if somehow you have still not seen that clip, I'm going to put the link in the description. It is so worth the watch. And like she runs into his arms and it's like the most sexy, just fucking beautifully performative thing. Got me thinking like. Where the
1: fuck has Rachel McAdams been? That's a good question. Where has Rachel McAdams been, she types into Google? Like, don't you kind of feel like we
0: have heard literally nothing from her slash about her? I know she doesn't have social media, but I was thinking for somebody who grew up with The Notebook being their absolute favorite movie, I'm like, I am suspiciously unconcerned with her absence, or I have been, I am now concerned.
1: What was the last thing that she was in? I don't know. Oh, I think that she's um, uh, she's made the switch to the Marvel universe, in the Doctor Strange. I know nothing about Marvel. You know what's interesting that I've been seeing is that we were recently having the discussion based on the Jennifer Aniston interview that people say that, or her specifically saying that we don't really have movie stars anymore and that having a lot to do with social media and the rise of getting famous through that medium. But I have been seeing a lot of discourse on Twitter of people blaming the Marvel movies and the whole like superhero cinematic universe for the lack of movie stars. Like people feel like that really kind of not ruined the movie industry, but changed things a lot in that regard.
0: Interesting. Do you, do you align with that or do you not have strong thoughts one way or another?
1: I have absolutely no opinion because I don't know enough about mm-hmm. the Marvel industry. Although I will say that Timothy Chalamet said that Leonardo DiCaprio gave him two pieces of advice when he was first getting famous. One, don't do hard drugs, and two, don't do any superhero movies. So I feel like I don't think it's not not a discussion point. Like I think it is a discussion worth having if you know enough about the link between the two. I just don't. Right. <laughs> And obviously neither do I. But interested in other people's opinions about it.
0: Doing your hair has the potential to be such a time-consuming process if you're not using products that really work for you and honestly really work with you. And for me, I'd say generally speaking, my hair is pretty easy to manage, but it does get frizzy. I have a lot of split ends. So I'm always looking for things to manage the frizz. And recently I've been into a new product from Way. It's their anti-frizz cream. So it's a really lightweight cream. It provides immediate frizz control that lasts up to 72 hours and also heat protection up to 450 degrees. You're kind of killing two birds with one stone. And the thing I really like about it is that it helps reduce and repair split ends while quenching dry hair with intense hydration. So you can feel like it just feels good on your hair. For me, I get out of the shower. I always spray in the leave-in conditioner. I've told you guys about that before, but I love it. A little anti-frizz cream and you're good to go. I also, I mean, I love a lot of things from Way, but I like their detox shampoo. I don't use that every week, maybe once a week, maybe once every other week, but I feel like it gives my hair a really, really good clean. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to dot com and enter promo code CELEBS for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code CELEBS. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically, when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes, there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. So in the Kardashian recap, honestly, not that much. I know we want to just briefly talk about Thanksgiving, which was in Palm Springs. And like we always say, and I I know when we were having this conversation last week about constantly having to outdo yourself, we were talking about Kim wearing the Marilyn dress and how it must be really overwhelming to constantly feel that pressure. But like fashion moments aside, I feel that way on their behalf for just events, like even just a typical holiday. And so I'm wondering to myself, like, yeah, of course their Thanksgiving is going to be lavish, but what could they possibly do? And then they have a fucking wall of portraits for every single person attending.
1: Like that felt, that felt rich. It was. It, it undoubtedly was, especially for the backdrop of the location to be Chris Jenner's Palm Springs home, which as we know, all great events take place there. <laughs> I feel like with this, I always expect them to outdo themselves with parties, with birthdays. Holidays, I feel like they don't usually try to top themselves, but you know what? This year they did and it fucking worked. Just to go
0: over the portraits on the wall, it was, of course, Chris and Corey, all of the six kids and their kids, any of their partners that they're currently with. And then for Travis, it was his entire family plus King Carl, who he considers another son, and Atiana, his stepdaughter, and then also Travis Scott's family was on the wall as well.
1: Caitlin was on the wall, and one noticeable absence was Scott. Scott, I think that we've all accepted the absence from the portrait. I was so, so relieved to not see Tristan up there.
0: I was going to say, like, yeah, is it upsetting to not see Scott? Absolutely. But if I saw Tristan up there with no Scott, that's that's like unspeakable behavior i completely missed that caitlin was there on the portraits i don't know if she was in the room like i didn't see photos of her in the room but she was on the portrait wall 100 percent.
1: I, I wonder if she was there if that means i thought so just in my mind i was like okay the people that
0: are on the wall mean the people that are there
1: i that's what i would assume this is new information to me, so I'm processing it in the moment because I guess I didn't I didn't take a hard enough look at these portraits. <laughs> I can't blame you. There was a lot going on. And then, of course, you can only have so much time studying portraits because you're also keeping up with North's TikToks and Penelope's TikToks.
0: And Kylie posting her son on Instagram, which this is really kind of the first full photo we've gotten. Obviously, she strategically kind of hit his face, but I would say that this was like her quote
1: reveal. And posting a slide of Travis, which I don't think that we thought that there was anything going on there. But given the fact that there were cheating rumors that circulated a couple of weeks ago, I think it's always interesting when, when she posts Travis.
0: There's always cheating rumors, though. You know it goes on to that conversation we were having recently of like any any news about their relationship is never that shocking because they live in a constant state of ambiguity in terms of our view on it.
1: Right, which is funny because I feel like when they're really good is when she posts him. And then when she goes through these kind of breaks of not showing him or not posting him, it's maybe when they're like at a lull in their relationship or not in the best place. And like it is always so up and down in terms of her posting. But I do feel like – and maybe that's just our own interpretation. I do feel like we get a fair amount of information anytime that she posts him, which is funny.
0: Right. Honestly, they, they've kind of hacked the system in terms of like – be overly ambiguous that no rumors really rock anyone.
1: (laughs) Right, which I guess is an impressive way to live. I can't believe that there's no scenario in which we can get a White Lotus ex-Kardashians because that would be the dream. Or White Lotus filmed at Kris Jenner's Palm Springs Home. Oh my God, well, just fuck me up right there. (laughs) Imagine Jennifer Coolidge in those bunk beds. By the way, I can exactly imagine that. I can't even tell you how clear of a picture I have of that in my head. I know. <laughs> Is there anything else that you would like to mention? I think that's it for this week.
0: Okay. Well, well, we love you guys. Thank you for listening and letting us do this. Isabel and I will be back on Friday, I believe, for Bravo, and then we'll see you next week. Okay.